and welcome to Down the Alley. This is PMAC. And Ted T.S. Spiridis. And J.P., a.k.a. Ed Ogeron. Go Tigers. <laughs> and with us today, uh, we've got a big guest. I'm going to let Ted introduce him as he kind of set this up behind the scenes. So, Ted, I'm going to shoot over to you. Uh, big guest right off the bat to start this show. Yeah, uh, great guest tonight, Matt Ripley, uh, high school official in Minnesota here. I think he does college too, uh, NCAA. Uh, so one of the top guys in sort of our area for officiating. And, um, you know, we, we've, we've wanted, we've had one official on our podcast, at, you know, to this to date, uh, but that was a Michigan official. So some of, maybe some of the things are different that they're dealing with, maybe not the rules, but the landscape. This is our first Minnesota official, um, you know, a guy that's going to be, you know, around a lot. You know, he, he's he's going to get the, um, you know, section games, state games, uh, somebody that's really experienced, probably trains a lot of officials. Uh, so we're excited to have him to kind of, we do want to talk about some rules. That's where this whole thing started is he listens to the podcast. So thanks for listening, Matt. Uh, but we were talking about shot clocks and five yard rule and, and, here comes Matt Ripley out of the woodwork on Twitter being like, I can jump on and explain that stuff. And we're like, absolutely you can. Um, but you know, on the, the start of the state tournament here, just to get his perspective on some of the things that happen on their side of the field, uh, as we get into it. So, uh, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh, maybe you can just introduce yourself where you're from, how you got involved with in lacrosse, how you got involved in officiating and, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Ted. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking for more ways to hear more about Minnesota lacrosse. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a transplant here. So I'm learning more and more about my state every day. And it's always great to find a place that's talking about it. I like to listen because, you know, when I show up to a field, I want to know a little bit what's going on. I want to know the, the guys that are going and the players and the teams. So it's great to hear that. So, yeah, um, I was born uh, in Maryland. So uh, I started playing lacrosse when I was really young, um, basically one of the first sports I picked up as a kid um, played a tiny little private school, little Quaker school in Maryland um, had a couple of guys that were decent, but I was a keeper and I wasn't. Um, and so um, when I went to school, I went to a big school, I went to Ohio state and there's no way I'm playing for them. Um, and so I kind of put down the, put down the stick. And then when I was living in Louisiana, um, I was looking for something else to do and I decided to start officiating there. And that was almost a decade ago. It's about nine years ago now. And then, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife is a Tonka girl. So she wanted to get back in Minnesota as all Minnesotans do. And so I ended up here and I've been officiating here in Minnesota now ever since. Uh, yeah. So I officiate all the way from the little ones. I have an eight U game this week, which would be super fun. Those, those, it's so much fun to watch those little kids run around and just loving the sport. And I, wrote, I go all the way all through men's league and NCAA and MCLA. And yeah, I've been really fortunate to work some pretty high level games. They had the 2019 state tournament championship, which was a pretty awesome honor to work that game. So I've been all up and down the thing here. And yeah, I just, I got into fishing because I love the sport, but I'm not good enough to ever play in it <laughs> at a high level. <laughs> so this is kind of, this is kind of what I do. Yeah, right on. I'm, I'm going to jump in quick. Um, I think the fans are anticipating this. I want to get it out of the way right off the bat. Just break the ice. Uh, Ted, you mentioned Twitter. Twitter got a little weird this week. I think the heat is getting to people's head. Uh, Edina lacrosse coming at us hot, calling us out, whatever. Um, but the Edina game the other night, 
were you able to see the film? Uh, I know no. we weren't yeah. to call you out. I, oh. Down the alley, we are pro refs. We love refs. We need refs. So <laughs> I wasn't trying to, we weren't trying to call anybody out. We were just kind of, we we're trying to be SPM. We're just reporting, you know, what people were saying. Yeah. So I know I, I actually, so I, I uh, Sam sent me, Sam, an assistant coach at Pride Lake, sent me um, their like quarter, it's, come on guys, your angles, what is this nonsense? Like, it's literally like the the corner of the field. It's it's basically the screenshot that I got, that got tweeted at me. And I'm like, uh, okay, great. So I can see me. I know what I saw. I want to see what everybody else saw. Because one, one thing, one thing that, um, it's hard to explain to people who haven't officiated because when you're, when you're a fan, you see every, you seem to see everything, whether you actually see everything or not, you seem to see everything. Your view is this huge wide angle. When you're a coach, your view is what you're, the most important thing is what you're looking at, right? It's wherever you're looking at is the most important thing on the field, regardless of where that is, right? As kind of your angle with us officials, we have very specific places where we're supposed to look. Wait, it's not necessarily like football where like you literally have like a sideline. And if it doesn't happen on your sideline, like, who cares? Not your problem. Right. Um, we are a little more um, generalist than that, but on the, you know, in those last few seconds, I started out as trail, which means I've got the clear as it goes up. So I'm tracking. That's why I was there. And when Casey, the head coach of Pride Lake called the timeout, I told him, I actually went to him and told him exactly where I was going to stand. So he can come get that timeout for me because I knew he was going to want it. Right. So because the guy was going to ride hard. Yeah. And then I was there and watching the turnover. And at that point, that ball's right in front of me. I have that turnover. And then I also then have to go cover that goal, which was a really, really, you, if you see that film, Edina's goal to tie the game, regardless of what else is happening on the field, that play is centimeters on that crease. And I'm, if you watch me, I, I noticed he's going to goal because I didn't expect him to go to goal. I expected him to feed. So I had some time to get there. I did not expect him to go right down GLE and just crash that net. So I am, if you watch the, I am busting my butt because I am not, because I had that scrum right in front of me. I'm busting my butt to get there. And it's a centimeter close play. He's getting pushed in the back, right? He's getting pushed in the back. He's falling forward. So I got to know, does he hit the goalie first? Does he hit the crease first? Does he hit the goal first? That's why my goal signal was a little bit, was a little bit slow. I had to get the flag on my pocket because he did get pushed, wipe that away. And so that's where my brain is at, right? The entire thing. So when Twitter goes bonkers yeah. um, the next morning, I'm like, uh, okay, like that's, Nobody said anything to me. Usually when stuff like offsides happens, the coaching staff is going bonkers, screaming well, at you. That's the funny thing. Casey didn't know. Casey didn't know that they were offsides. No, no, nobody has any idea. What's, so that's why, you know, that's why I'm like, oh, where's this? I want to see film. Now, you know, I have, I, I happen to have good relationships with lots of, lots of coaches in the state. And so there's a lot of coaches that will just like give me access to their huddle films. Cause I like to look at, I like to watch my games. Just like anybody who's on the field wants to get better. So I want to watch my games. I want to see where I'm out of step. Did I, did I let something pass and maybe I shouldn't, right? Is there a way that I could be in a better position, especially all the different offenses that are set up. If they're really wide. Okay. Can I get deep here so I can see the goal better, right? I want to get better. And so I have actually, you know, uh, Andy Lee at, at um, Edina is one of the coaches that I, I can get film from him constantly. And there's also film on YouTube, right? Really nice guy gets get, can get me film. And I'm going YouTube and I'm scrolling through. I'm like, okay, here it comes. Casey's got his time out. And then all of a sudden it's overtime. And I'm like, yeah. wait, what? What? Huh? And I go back. I think I scrolled through that like five times trying to find this time. And you know, Sam, Sam's view, there are, there are, there are seven players celebrating the goal afterward. 
and like that's what you can see yeah that and so like you sure you can make some assumptions but at the same time like i know the crew that was on that game with me is a fantastic crew um i have no idea what happened at all because that's not that's not where i'm looking and i don't have a view of the whole field i've got like either nothing or that it's just it's it's something where um something that we had i know that i i have talked with with some coaches before about is that you know United busted bust out a 10-man ride there, right? Um, we don't see a lot of 10-man rides at the high school level. We see it at the college level. Um, and I know that uh, Coach Wright, who used to be at uh, Lakeville North, when Lakeville North would run through um, state, they'd be running that 10-man ride and no one knew how to handle it, right? That's how they were able to win games throughout their section in their state. And so we don't see it a whole lot, especially, you know, teams don't run it a whole lot, are also bad at it. And so there's, there's this sense of like, where are the mistakes going to happen? And it's really hard to see, right? Because the guy watching for that offsides is the single side and he's on the far side of the field. And so if some nonsense is happening right in front of the sub box, he's got to look through 30 people to see that, right? And because I don't have the full field, I have no idea when it happened. And yeah. so if it happens right away early, then obviously we made a mistake. If it happens really close at the end, he might be coming up because he's got to cover the other side of that goal. Right. And then the trails on the opposite side of the field, who knows where that happens. And it's really hard to see, which is why I know one thing that we were going to talk about later is the fourth official, which we'll see in um, in the state tournament. Like that's one of their key jobs. The CBO is to count. They are counting constantly and all the time. And I'm actually a big proponent of getting fourth officials on every sectional final um they're big enough games um to get a fourth official we're talking you know an extra 70 80 bucks to have another guy on that field who can catch those things in those big games um i think it's worth it personally to have an experienced official there but that's that's my opinion who can catch stuff like that but yeah that's that's that game i mean it was it was a fantastic game um yeah it was such a great game. I, you know, it was funny because afterward, um, Derek Dane, who's the head coach at St. John's, and I was trying to get, figure out what the heck Twitter was so mad at me about, um, sent me a video of an illegal screen that I just called that was one of the most blatant illegal screens I think I'd seen in forever that I called me dying to like the possession beforehand. Yeah. He's like, you think this is it? I'm like, no, I was pretty good about that call. That was, that was, yeah. uh, that was pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's good. I just want to touch on it because I knew – people that are going to listen to it or are going to wait. So I didn't want to make them wait, get that out of the way. Um, and now, yeah, you can move on other, other yeah, important topics. A couple funny things about all of that. So I appreciate you shedding some light on kind of breaking down that play and, and why there was a miss or potential miss or however you want to look at it. What's done is done. But um, you know, a couple things, it, it's funny because we had kind of booked this, podcast like the day before and i'm like great this is gonna be awesome and then the next day <laughs> there's just all this stuff and you message me you're like well i guess we're gonna have something to talk about and i'm like i don't want to spend the whole time talking about that because it you know it, it it's a game it things happen a million things happen um but i you, you also touched on how you as an official and i don't know if it's all officials or just you like to break down your film and watch your film to, to improve. Um, you know, we do that as coaches and players, but I, I, I think it's important for fans and parents and players and coaches to know that officials take their job seriously too. And that there will be mistakes made and there will be 
areas to improve. And, and we're going to go back and look at that. And so that the next time we can be in p- better position. Uh, so I think that's cool to hear that, you know, you're not just showing up, collecting your 70, 80, 90 bucks, whatever you're making and being like, I don't really care about what happens. I don't care if I did a good job, did a bad job. You know, it's, it's important enough to you and your staff that you, you know, find a way to improve, you know, whether you feel like you called the perfect game or not, you know, well, how can you do one thing better? So we appreciate that for sure. And then kind of leading into something you touched on in the state tournament, there is an additional staff member now that is kind of like, we call it like the fourth official. Can you explain that and how, how that works and what that is? Yeah. So they're actually a member of their fishing game crew. They show up with their pregame. They go through the whole thing. Um, they're called the chief bench official. And it's actually kind of a, a cool position in the international game. It's a position of honor. So like you eventually become a, a good, like high enough rank to become a CBO at the international game. Um, for us, it's usually, um, it's usually someone who is either, a good position of honor. Like for example, um, I, I am crew chief in the third place game and my CBO is a guy who's been working in the Northwest um, and all the way up the 94 corridor for a very, very long time. John Sackman is a fantastic official who has done, put in the miles, man. He has really done a lot to grow the game out of the um, that corridor up 94. So that's, so it's kind of a place of honor for him come in good veteran official. It's also a way for younger guys. My first role in the state tournament was as a CBO to kind of get used to the speed of the game and to watch it happen and be in that ruckus. So the CBO is going to hang out right in the sub box. They kind of have three main roles. Um, main role number one is that they are the ones who are going to be there to talk to coaches, right? They're right there. Um, I can tell you my first CBO job, uh, I was, it was a um, state semi uh, semifinal between uh, Prior Lake and Eden Prairie. So I had Fleck and Ward as the coaches that I was um, communicating with. A lot of respect for both those coaches. Um, I had my ear constantly filled with some kind of information the entire game. Um, so that's our first job. We are, you know, problem, bring it to us. We'll take it to the rest of the crew. We might be able to give you a short answer if it's something that we can tell. If it's not, we can ask the guy to come back and get you information. So that's kind of thing number one. Thing number two is we're watching the sub box. We're watching for subs. Um, illegal substitution is probably the most common infraction that's not called in a game, mostly because I don't, I don't want to watch the sub box. It's just, it's not fun. It's boring. Like most of the time, like if it's an infraction, you're all like your toes on the line a second early, like where's the advantage? It's kind of boring. Right. But the CBO can be there to clean that up or catch the really bad ones. Um, like I, I know that, uh, uh, delayed substitution is something that happens a ton that doesn't get called a whole lot that does get called when a CBO is there. Right. So if you have a player, uh, if you only have nine players on the field when you should have 10 and you're holding a guy off and you're holding a guy off and then that guy comes on and just starts sprinting in the box. Right. And unmarked, you guys have that a lot of times, right, where you, your guys are running around trying to figure out who he's supposed to mark and has no idea. And then all of a sudden a new guy comes in the box, gets that pass, shoots. That's illegal. That's a delayed sub. Um, how many times is that called in it without a CBO? So very rarely. It's so hard to catch. Right. But the CBO is watching for that. And the last thing the CBO doing is the CBO is counting constantly. Right. Um, it used to be in offsides that you would have to have three, you know, you'd have to have three attackmen at all times and you had to have four in the defensive end at all times. So they changed that rule six years ago. So you're counting forward. Right. They did that because people, a lot of people wheel sub now. So with the subbing through the subbing through the midline and the wheel subs, 
they wanted to allow for that to happen. And when you have to have your four guys back, you can't pull your D pull off and do all the subbing and then bring them back on again. So because of that, they moved it to counting forward because that's also where the advantage is. The advantage is having seven attackmen, right? Or having eight people on defense. So you have to count forward. Now that's a better rule, but it's way harder to, to officiate. It's much easier to count four, three, right? As opposed to six, seven. It's a lot more numbers. It's a lot more difficult. So the CBO is constantly counting. Um, and then usually we'll either throw a flag themselves or yell at an official to throw their flag. So that's what they're doing. Uh, and that's their purpose. Uh, though I just got, a, I just got a text there actually had a meeting today, the state tournament, um, that I had to miss cause I'm a dad and have kids and things going on in life. Right. Um, they're apparently going to move they They might be moving the positioning of the officials around. So it might look a little bit weird this year. Um, I'm going to get clarified. I don't want to say anything too crazy because this is a kind of an odd text that just got to clarify it, but the officials might be lined up differently than they might, no than you might normally see because the CBO is there, um, which will be, for me, is really interesting for your, for the listeners probably won't even notice anything is happening. Yeah. So to, I, I'm glad you brought up the kind of the rule difference, because I think most people still believe, you know, if an attackman is riding and, and he steps over and, and then quickly goes back, it's an automatic offsides. Cause in the, like in the years past before the rule was changed, that would have been, okay, you only have two, the third guy stepped over. That's an offsides. But if you only have four guys on defense, you know, plus your goalie, so five, he steps over and gets back. You could let that go, right? That then that's not an offsides because, and so everybody sees the ride because that's where the ball is, but they don't see that. Oh well, they don't even have two of their defenders on yet, so it's not really an offsides. And then everybody goes ballistic, and then it gets out of control. So that is a nuance of the rule that I think the general fan probably, you know, general fan, general parent probably doesn't even know that changed. Yeah. Well, there's also a sense of it. So offsides falls into the, um, into the technical foul category. Right. And the big thing for um, people to know is that lacrosse has, you know, two kind of barrels of penalties. You've got the safety fouls and sportsmanship stuff, right. That are all your one, two, three minute stuff. Right. Those there's not a whole lot of, there's really not a whole lot of nuance to that. Like you got hit in the head, you got hit in the head. It's a safety thing. Right. I got a flag for it the technical fouls are all about advantage disadvantage, right? The big thing for this is holding the number. You know, there is holding constantly. People are constantly being held, right? But is it actually gaining an advantage? Is the person trying to drive the goal and he's being held up? Is he trying to make a pass and being held so he can't make the pass, right? That's a penalty. If he's just being held, but just kind of standing there, not trying to do anything, there's no advantage or disadvantage gain. So there's no penalty. Um, and offsides, offsides is a technical foul. So there has to be advantage gained, right? You'll see a lot of times we just kind of run away and the offensive guy could like kind of wander over half a little bit and they realize, oh, wow, I'm, I'm offsides and just kind of wander back. And the coaches will go ballistic on that. And I'll go, it's behind me. The play's over here. Like, why do I care? He's not, there's no advantage here. He's just wandering around the field. Now, if he did that while trying to throw a check, right? Lands a check, <laughs> lands a check and um, goes off and then steps over. Clearly he gained advantage by stepping over, right? So that's the first part of offsides that constantly makes. And, and offsides is one of those penalties where it's really easy for fans to see because they have really good view of it for the most part, because they're usually right 
at least for Minnesota, they're not spread out to the wides. They're right between what we'd say the 45 yard lines, right? That's where they're sitting. They can look right down the line. They can see every inch of that toe going over, right? So they can see that off the attackman step over a little bit. They have a great view of it. They go nuts, right? Because they see that. But a lot of times, A, as you were saying, Ted, it's not offsides because they're subbing somewhere, something else is happening. Or B, it, there's no advantage. Like, what, why, why is this a foul? It's nothing, nothing's happening here. There's no advantage gain, so we move on. Um, especially at the youth and the uh, JV level, because it's running time. I think I had this guy, uh, JP's laughing a little bit right now because I know he, I had his, I had his STA Chan Hassan. He, he's heard the speech before. Like it's running time. Like if a 30 second penalty in running time games, it's one shot and then they go chase the ball off in the bushes for like 20 seconds and the penalty's over, right? Like why am I calling your little like, because your your freshman who's barely seen the field all year decides to like wander a little bit. No, we're the, ball, the ball's down the field. We're just going to go play. Actually, I'm glad you wanted to get to that. And also, too, uh, earlier this year, I won't say which game, but similar kind of situation. There's multiple times where a kid would be either lightly riding one of our deep poles or doing that, what you talked about, kind of stepping over when there wasn't an advantage at all. And I, you know, kind of gave the ref, I don't know who it was, I don't remember his name, but gave the ref an earful about it. And then another call came up, with a, which I want to talk about as well as a new restart penalty. And got a flag on that, gave the ref your full again, got another conduct foul, and then eventually ended up getting, you know, possibly ejected out of the game. Um, but I didn't understand that that was kind of something that refs did, you know, played it by based on advantage or like, hey, it's a JV game, like, let's just get them playing sixes more than anything. Um, but now that I know that, I actually understand that, you know, I was probably in the wrong in that situation. But <laughs> Yeah, and I told you in that chain asset game too, I absolutely hate the new restart rule. But I, maybe I don't know. We can get no, we can get into that. I, the new, new restart rule is, is is really interesting to me because I mean we've been we've been doing it in college for a while now, right? I love it. JP, I don't know why you don't like it. I'm all I've been asking for the rule like one since like 2014. So I'm glad that they uh, added it. Well, it's, it's a great rule for, it's a great example of legislating for the elite, I like to say a lot of times. So it's a great rule for the section six final, right? For that game, if we had to do the old restarts, we would have had both teams, we're ready, we're going, we're ready. Like, no, you're like, we have to like constantly, right? Sticks up in the air, coaches scream at the ready. And we're like, well, no, technically you're not because we've got to do the things we got to do, right? Um, this new with a new restart rule, as long as you, you know, there's a couple of things that people need, and fans should probably know this too, because I hear this all the time from the, from the sideline, which apparently I'm now supposed to listen to people who scream me from the sideline to make calls. Love that. Um, so, um, you know, if, if they, they have to be five yards away from a teammate, so they can't be standing right next to a teammate can't restart that way. They have to be all the way on the field tell please players if you're listening it please just step on the field like i want to blow the whistle but you have to be on the field and they can't be moving right so if they're running i i can't I, you can't be moving you have to be standing still on the field five yards away from any of your teammates and then that little area around the sub box five yards in from that so if you're you're in position to go we go right we'll deal with the defense which is what what jp was talking about there and we'll get to that we'll get to that part of it but i love that in high level games right let's go Let's just go. The state tournament games, yes, let's go. 
Um, some of the high level games that I've had a chance to work over the years. Yeah, for certain. Let's go. That St. Thomas Chan game that I talked about that I worked um, earlier this year. Definitely. We're going to, we're going to go. These two teams have what's what it takes. Let's go. JV and younger. <sighs> mm. Oh, I worked, you know, some of these, some of these like newer programs or programs that might be rebuilding or kind of have a new coach and a reset that they're just trying to like get guys on the field. Maybe they're running a JV only schedule or don't have a JV team. Is that really helping? I don't know. I don't know if it is, if, if we're constantly having to throw flags for it, um, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a debate that you could have. And so it's one of those situations where it's, um, legislating for the elite. Another example of this that might be coming up, I don't know if you guys saw that they're looking at changing the um, shot clock rules where you'd get a 60 second on offense if you get a reset on the offensive end, but it's 80 second anywhere else. And that's wonderful for Maryland, Maryland Virginia, right? But um, uh, come, come ref, Iowa State and um, Illinois State down in the Dundas Dome with me and tell me how I'm supposed to have the clock operator reset anything ever. Like just reset the clock, how it is. Now they have to have another time. Like that's, that's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be real tough for us. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting just hearing that about, you know, with every rule comes a domino effect of infrastructure and logistics around that rule um, and you know, I, I think I, so. I love the quick restart rule, but again, I love it for high, you know, for high level. I pretty much just watch the games I'm watching as a fan are generally high level games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not watching JV very much. Um, you know, we coach youth lacrosse, but um, that's not a rule in youth lacrosse, at least right now. So um, I think I, I would personally like it maybe if it wasn't, uh, if somebody had an infraction where they didn't give the five. Uh, maybe it's just a turnover, uh, a change of possession in, instead of a flag, and then you got to do the whole flag thing. Um, but then I, I, I don't know if that helps the rule, hurts the rule, if there's really an advantage. Uh, but it certainly does reward teams for being engaged in the game, understanding what's going on, um, you know, paying attention, like, you know, being ready to go, like you say, stepping mm-hmm. on the field, being ready to go. Uh, and I think there's value in that, um, you know, for, for, young players to learn that stuff. Uh, and that's something we say to our kids too. It's like, watch a game and you try to call the, you try to call it before the official does uh, and, and try to see like, if, if there's a, if his hand goes up, like be like, Hey, what, what's he going to call right now? You know, did you see that happen? Uh, but you know, it, it definitely an interesting rule. And, and I could see how the kind of the lesser skill levels or the smaller, you know, younger teams, newer teams, it would just be a mess. Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, and even even at the high level games, it can be. I mean, there was a time in that section six final, uh, Edina had a restart right around half. Um, and there was a prior, it was, it was, I think it was after a face off is the most common time this thing happens, either face off or like a clear. Um, Edina long pole, the number three who was all over the field, that dude, that dude was a monster in that game. Um, he, uh, he restarted with the ball and there was a prior league player about three yards away from him between him and the goal. So that's a situation, right? If you are restarting play and there's a, and you are, and you have a defender within, within five yards, it's kind of in like the pizza pie towards the goal. Like if like going towards the goal, that person has got to get out of there, right? They can't even just stand there and let you go past them. They're in your way. Right. But, but he 
immediately took the ball up and made a pass somewhere else, right, to clear the ball up the field and didn't even attempt to go towards the goal at all. And so we let it go. And he comes up to me and he's, he goes, why wasn't that called? And I had to tell him, well, like, where was the advantage? You, had a, you got the fast break by just passing it to your, to your short stick and he went. So we're good, right? There's nothing here, right? Even at these high levels, they don't know. He goes, What's, how do I get that call? I go, run into him. <laughs> this guy, run right into him and you get the call, right? And so a lot of times, a lot of times there's even the, even the high level stuff, they're like, they, they kind of know the rule but they don't know. And this is really common. They don't know enough. Of, so when they don't get that call, they're super confused and you have to explain to them. Well, like, like an illegal screen, they'll want the illegal screen, but you, you gotta, gotta touch him. If he, he can be jumping around like a crazy person, but if you don't make contact, I can't make the call. Um, so the, I think one of the things, one thing, one thing that I think that JP and I talked about this a little bit before that JV game. And I was hearing your conversation, a lot of the frustration around the, around the, uh, the five yards rule revolves around that, right? Cause, cause being just being within the five yards is not distinctly advantage, right? There has to be another action in there that causes that defensive player to gain an advantage by being there. So they either have to play the player within those five yards. They have to obstruct the player's ability to go to goal, right? They have to do something to prevent, to gain an advantage. Right. And so, that has to happen. And a lot of times it's, that can be more subtle than you think it is. Um, a player could pretend to step back and then like step back in a player could see a passing lane that they, they could step into that's not towards goal. And that's gaining advantage by being within the five yards, but you're not towards goal and you haven't played the player. Right. So that's going to be a delay. So there's lots of little subtle things that can happen. And as we're talking about this, I, hopefully you guys are thinking, Holy crap, you're, you're, you have a lot to think about just by blowing the restart in. And yeah, you kind of do. And uh, something that I, I tweeted out is that we, we don't practice. Like officials, we don't, we don't, you know, this is really big in the face-offs. You know, the reason why the face-off rules keep changing is because how many, how many, how many um, reps do you think your FOGOs get in a practice? What uh, do you think? Like our face-off training, they get hundreds. Yeah. How many face-offs do you think I see? And I'm and I'm I'm an official working at all levels, lots of games. I'm seeing what, like, and I'm and I'm, and because there's three of us, we split all the faceoffs. So I'm not doing every faceoff. So I'm doing maybe what five in a game, maybe six in a single game. Yeah. So if I if I break two hundred in the season, I'm probably doing a lot of faceoffs. And so like that kind of perspective of like, yeah, no, duh, we're not going to catch all the little cheating things that they're doing. They're just they're getting way more reps than us, right? If you were, if you were a FOGO and you're, you're the guy you were going against got up 10 times as many reps as you did, he's probably going to get the ball and probably going to win that every single time he goes against you. And so with these restarts, especially as we lost last season, like we're just, some of the guys that don't work college, they are just learning this thing, man. They, they're just trying to figure it out. Interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. It's, it's interesting hearing your perspective on it. And like, you know, I never even thought about the fact that the refs literally don't practice, right? You have to read your book, read the rules, but you don't get a chance to apply it until it's an actual game, right? Um, and I actually had to ref a U14, 12U game today. It's just a scrimmage, right? Nothing serious. Even that, I was running around as a I have no idea what's going on. Like, 
a game I've played my entire life. I had no idea what was going on. So hearing that perspective and getting a little bit of experience, I have definitely a newfound respect and admiration for what you guys do. And hopefully that keeps me from getting kicked out of games in the future. But, but yeah, it's definitely much harder than people give rest credit for, for sure. No, and it's, 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 you know, we, we, we love the game, right? The ones who refs, so we're there because we love it. You know, we do get paid, but that's honestly, that's not, it's not a return on the time that a lot of us put into this um, and the amount of effort and, you know, training and nutrition and thoughts about stretching and getting rehabbed, right? We had a lot of guys who get hurt throughout a year and um, we go through injury issues and crises. So I got, I got called into a sectional game an hour before it started because the guy got hurt. So like that happens all the time. Our mentality, we got to show up and have mental switches. And it's, it, it is where we are part of the game. We, we want to be as invisible as we possibly can. If the only reason why kids know my name is because of my Twitter, that's beautiful. Um, I don't want them to know me for any other reason. Um, like, so things like that, uh, we're, we're trying hard, you know, it, it, but if you, if you get out there and you want it and you want to give it a run, I, I tell you this much, I, every day, everybody who trolls me on Twitter is going to get the same link until they stop doing it. Um, we, we are always looking for more officials. Um, if you're better than me, that's awesome. You're going to get lots of games. You're going to get lots of real good games. If you're better, if you're a better official than me and I want you out there, I want, I want, I want officials that are better than me. Um, there's a lot of really good young officials that will, I really hope end up better than I am. Um, and I'm not an old guy, but there are some young ones that are stinking good and uh, players out there like this is this is a way to stay involved in the game. I know a lot of a lot of players like to like to um, coach the youth and that's always a lot of fun. Right. But this is a way to stay involved with the game into college. It's super flexible. It's super fun. You get to run around and you can get paid a lot more than your buddy who's going to be working Dairy Queen shifts. Um, so like that's. If, you, if you're ever interested in officiating, um, you can always uh, find my Twitter, Ripley Laxref, shoot me a DM. Um, the UML, UMLOA is our association right now. And they, uh, if you go to umla.org, you can find ways to join there. We're constantly looking for new officials. The youth season, it's bonkers. If you're available and you want to work, yeah, there's games for you. Um, get out in tournaments, get team 30, you know, team 36 yelling at you from the sidelines, you know. It'll be good. No, and it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of, you know, at, at this point, people who are out there in the summer, they love it. They love it. And it's really fun to work with, 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 with the youth. It's always fun for me when I see a player that, that plays in the regular season, in the high school, I see him at youth and then I get to see him again when they're in college. And they're like, oh yeah. I remember I ref with you. And I'm like, awesome. I don't remember you at all. Soon. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think it's cool too. I, I appreciate you kind of sent, kind of given a um, you know perspective of where people can go if they're interested. But I also do appreciate that you know you're willing to be out there. You're not hiding from the fact that that you're an official, right? And you're part of the game, just like coaches are. You know, coaches have a lot of banter. Uh, you know, all all of us, uh, players, coaches, fans, parents, whatever, uh, are all part of the game. And inside the lines, we all have a job to do and it's very serious and it's very, uh, you know, business like or whatever. But, you know, uh, when we get outside the lines, we're all a piece of the game and we're all willing to talk shop and we all understand we do things well and we, we make mistakes. 
Um, and you know, we want to get better and we want to, you know, grow the game. So I think it's really important for, you know, and I, this is again, why I appreciate you coming on. And it's important to know that, that refs are just lacrosse people that love the game, just like anybody else. They just have a different job than the coaches have and the players have. Uh, but without, you know, all those pieces, we don't have a lacrosse game. You know, we can't play without refs. We can't play without players. We can't play without coaches. Actually, they probably could play without coaches and just, <laughs> all right, you guys go do your thing. You know, probably be better for them some days, but um, you know, all that leads to the experience. And um, you know, we went over a little, the, a little bit of the time I said it was going to be, you're going to be on. So, you know, we can kind of wrap up here, but um, you know, we're looking forward to the state tournament. You know, if, if people see you or, or want to talk to you, I don't know if you're, during that time frame, I don't know if you're, you know, you're available or not, you know, but I don't know if you come and watch on the games you're not working. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. The state. I am, I am at every state. I have not missed a state final in a while now. I'm a, uh, you know, I won't be there Thursday. I get the early game on Tuesday. And I go be dad, but on Saturday I get the third place game and I'll be sticking around. You can probably find me in the stands. I'm watching it. Cause again, I, you know, I love the, I love the, I love the game and, um, as being from, being from the East coast and growing up in it. And the, you know, this is the creator's game to me, right? This is the creator's game and it's all about respect. And, um, one thing I love about the Minnesota lacrosse community is that they really understand that, right? You got, right. We, we, we understand that respect thing. So, yeah, you know, I, I threw, I threw a conduct on Casey in the, in the, in the sectional, in the sectional final, um, hearing it, but then like right afterward, we're fine. Like we're chatting up. I, there's, there's coaches, there's coaches in the state that I've thrown out of games many, many times. And we're, we go out afterward and we talk about it. And a lot of times we're laughing um, to see, see how far he could push it in that one time. And it's all about the respect uh, to each other and to the game. And that's what, that's what makes it great. But yeah, if you see me um, before a game might not be a great time because people like to take pictures of random things and it's not always cool to see somebody in a, the garb of a home team walking up to a ref before the game and chatting him up and then walking away. It's not always a great look, but like after the game, yeah, come find me. Um, I look like this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll be happy to, I'll be happy to, you know, talk you through some, some things. Obviously I will never admit my fault to anything whatsoever. And uh but no, uh, it'll be, it'll be a really fun tournament. I know you guys are about to go do some predictions and I can't do that, but I'll say this much. Um, the three things that you should guys should look for in your predictions that I've seen from every successful state tournament since I've been here, right? One is a killer goalie. Got to have a good keeper, right? Got to have a guy who can stand on his head in an important moment and make a save, right? Thing number two is you got to have a coaching staff that trusts their players to run the plays in crunch time. Right. The number of times I've seen a really, really good team where the coaches called a play and I could see on the player's face and their demeanor that they were not comfortable with the play that that coach was calling. That's what loses games. And the last one is you got to have a dude who's just going to be a dude and is going to step up when you need that goal and shrug off defenders and take a slash and bury it. Right. So look for teams with look for teams with those three things and you've got yourself a state champ. All right. Love that. Uh, Matt, thank you for your time. I think this was really good. Perfect timing. Uh, and we're looking forward to a good state tournament and uh, you know, maybe we'll catch you out there. Love it. Right. Twitter's a little more quiet next week. You know? Yep. We'll, we'll see. I will say I have the 11 AM I've got Chisago lakes and prior Lake 
great, great crew, really awesome crew. I'll be on that field. So hopefully, hopefully the chirping is all in good faith on, uh, on Tuesday afternoon after that one. All right. Take care guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming down the alley. Yep. Bye. All right. Well, that uh, wraps up our interview with uh, ref Matt Ripley. Thanks for coming down the alley with us. Uh, any closing thoughts on that conversation? What did you guys think of uh, having another ref on, uh, on the, on the pod? I, I actually really, I really like having them on um, officials because they, they see the game so much differently than we do as coaches. And as coaches, when we're inside the lines, of course, we, we don't like the refs, right? Nobody does. They're, they're the people enforcing the rules. Nobody likes the people enforcing the rules. My team never does anything wrong. The other team always does everything wrong. Um, that's part of the game. But I do love talking about it, hearing about some of the things that I don't even know as a coach because you know he was talking about his rule book. It's got it's all banged up. It's got notes in it. I'm like, mine's still in the package over there because I don't care about reading that thing. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times maybe, you know, coaches are wrong. Technically, if you like dig in four or five levels deep to that rule book, I do appreciate him. It, it was so funny how it worked out. Like I said, where I invited him to come on, it was like going to be this great thing. And then the whole thing with the Dyna PL game happened. And I was like, Oh my God, like, now, like now people think we hate refs and then, then like he's the one that was involved like this just whole thing was, what, what's the chances of that well like i didn't know you know I, I really appreciate he just like he dm'd me back and he was like i can't wait to come on because it sounds like we have something to talk about and um that shows maturity as an official and someone who wants to be the best right and want and hey like made a mistake and it was part of the game and you know it ended up just making prior lake play a little bit longer hey from that game it's just proof the ball doesn't lie yeah and, and there were uh you know i i you know tweeted a little bit about about it after saying that was a big moment and and certainly something that that should have not been missed but uh, neither team played their best lacrosse. I don't think for the whole game, like if one of those two teams would have taken care of their own business in four quarters of play, it would have not even come down to a one goal game. Uh, both teams made a lot of mistakes. Weren't, weren't playing their best. Um, and, and then, you know, you rely on certain calls and um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I like, I think it was a great, a guest to have leading into the state tournament. Uh, I think it was good for us to say like, we we're pro ref here. We need refs and we yeah. want to, we want to have an honest discussion with them and they want to be held accountable. We should be held accountable as coaches and we move on uh, and, you know, move forward into the next game. Love it. Moving on to kind of like the next section of the podcast. We're looking at the state tournament brackets, maybe talking about some matchups, uh, we always start with the boys. I'm, I'm feeling a little change up. We're going to start with the girls this week because uh, girls rule, boys drool. So uh, girls state tournament. Uh, I'm just pulling up the brackets, starting at the top. Uh, looks like the first game uh, that's going to happen, Maple Grove versus number three, Rosemount. Another tweet, another tweet by down the alley that maybe caught a little bit of heat. Rosemount beating uh, beaten Gentry. Uh, I think most of the state's happy about that, if not everybody, uh, at least down the alley nation. 
I, I guess I won't speak for others, but uh, excited Rosemont's in the dance. Maple Grove, I know they're making noise on the other side of, you know, the northern suburbs. I know we're, we're getting heat about the northern suburbs. We're all over Moorhead. We'll talk about them later. Maple Grove, Rosemount, north versus south. Who, who, who do you guys got here? Uh, JP. Don't jump on it too quick. Come on, guy. I tried to play a platter there for you. Tonight, so I was going to let JP go, but I know he's got a bum voice here. Um, <laughs> Maple Grove is an interesting team. Uh, a weird score, though. Wait, are they the ones with the weird score? Like the 4-2 section final game? I believe so, and it would, that was over... Uh, let me pull that up. Elk River. 4-2 over Elk River, huh? So that was interesting. I, I don't know what happened there. Um, you know, I kind of was, was high on Maple Grove. I, I thought, like, they're kind of rolling, but that was... You know, I don't want to discredit Elk River. They could have played a great defensive game, um, you know, whatever. But, you know, that was an interesting one. Rosemount, you know, I I was expecting them to win by more in their section final against Gentry personally. But then again, I haven't really seen Gentry play. I've seen Gentry had a no, like they didn't play anybody. And so I have seen a little bit of, I mean, I'm very out of touch with, with the girls side of things. You know, I think in the last two weeks I've, I've paid attention a lot more, which is great uh, because we've started adding, you know, this onto the podcast. So I want to try to be somewhat, um, you know, do some research, but this is, this could be one of the best games of the quarters. I think, um, you know, I think both teams are, are good teams. I don't think Rosemont blew the doors down at the end of the season. I think Maple Grove was playing well, um, are these both? I, I Maple Grove's been there before. Has Rosemount been there before? Uh, I don't know if they have, because I think they used to be in Prior Lake section, and I yeah. think they're going back there next year. If okay, I'm not so, um, I think I think I'm going to take Maple Grove. Okay. Okay, JP. I'm going to take Rosemount. Um. I get what you're saying about both these teams, but a four to two win in a section final just kind of worries me, especially against a team like Elk River. Uh, that kind of shows me Maple Grove might not be as good as the record shows they are. Um, Rosemount's kind of, you know, stepped up to better opponents. I know they kind of were impressive against uh, a possibly weak Gentry Academy team. Um, I mean, four goals in the section final. You got to put up better numbers than that if you're going to be legit. Um, so I got Rosemount. Um, I'm sticking with my South Suburban Conference bias, um, and I'll own that and I'll love that. I'm going to also take Rosemount. Uh, I've seen them play. Um, they've got pieces to be really good. Um, again, I haven't seen Maple Grove play live, um, so I, I don't know, you know, exactly what they got. Um, I think Rosemount's going to take this one. Um, I don't know how far they're going to go in this bracket as you know, we'll talk about the next matchup, but I like Rosemount in this game. Um, going on to the next matchup. I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in where you guys are going to go with this. Hill Murray. I know you guys have been on the Hill Murray wagon. You guys were on them early and often. 
Uh, JP, private school person, you know, not surprised there. You know, Ted occasionally likes the private schools. Um, so credit to you guys being all over this early and often. They got a Lakeville South matchup that's kind of daunting. Uh, again, another team I've seen uh, a few times. Uh, they're legit. They've got they've got scoring power. They've got an unbelievable goalie. Um, I'm going to take South um, as I just think it's too hard of a matchup. But I'm interested to see is the Hill Murray wagon still 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 rolling or has the train come to a halt? Are they at the train station dropping the passengers off? I think the train is coming to the end of its destination on this one. Uh, I mean, come on, it's the second season of the year. You're playing Lake Mill South. You've already alluded to it. You're about to take this train right into a brick wall, if you're asking me. Um, and it's going to have that same kind of result. I like Lake Mill South in this one but by a pretty substantial margin. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Um... I, I think the Hill Murray run has been awesome. You know, congrats to them. Uh, you know, I think first time state tournament team, they ran through their section. Um, you know, at, when you get to state though, like you're going to have to play one of the big dogs and, and Lakeville South is just stacked this year. And, and I, again, it's, it's no disrespect to Hill Murray. I just think this is like, like another caliber of team and, Lakeville South has been there before they get it. They've played in the big games. Hill Murray hasn't. Uh, and so I think it, it's just going to prove to be too much this year, but a great stepping stone for Hill Murray moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with South. So have we officially o- overcome the jinx? We have no fit. You know, we, we've got a potential jinx situation. We've, we've overcome it because we've, overcome it? Okay. we've had a, a handful of things where we've all picked the same, um, the same thing and, and it, it hasn't failed us. So, um, you're, just, to... you're setting it up to come back. Yeah. Hey, Hey, I, I like to, I like to stir the pot. Don't get me I wrong. Do I do it. If he'll it. upset here, you know, amazing hats off to them. I, I just, if I'm being, if I'm being just completely honest with my logic, I, I don't see it happening, but I love an upset. I don't care who it's against at this point. Um, you know, I don't have a horse in the race. I don't co- coach at a high school team. I don't have a kid at a high school team. Yes, we have some quote unquote hashtag 36 bias. Um, but we have players at a lot of high schools. Yep. Uh, and so I I love I love an upset more than anybody. So, you know, hey, Hill Murray, if you're listening to this, if this is the chip that we're adding onto your shoulder, add it, add it. Right. Um, then great. Let's go. All right. Do uh, do we want to go through the first round and then and fill out our bracket from there? I I think we should just um, let's just go through the quarterfinal games and maybe we can we can jump on on Wednesday morning or something and and kind of or is there are the girls on we'll Wednesday start Wednesday? Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's just do everything then. Do you, so you want to fill out that this side of the bracket or should we do the quarters and then pick our winners? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on. Sorry to uh, keep the listeners waiting. Eden Prairie versus Benilde. Eden Prairie. Been here. Done that. Uh, they're back. New coaching staff. Still plenty of power, yeah, firepower. Uh, Benilde, the private school, the, the Scarlet Knights. 
the the new the new you know the shiny new girl you know coming down the block here uh well the boys team is the scarlet knights the girls team is the red knights okay okay so the red knights um i'm just gonna do my pick again i am cheering for the red knights until prior lake gets to play the red knights um so i'm taking the red knights so in the next round prior lake can beat the red knights so red knights uh in a close one um i got Eden prairie and looking at their first matchup no one 15 14 so it's kind of a toss up here but pmac already alluded to it ep's got the history they've got the experience they've got the coaching staff i think it's a prime time for a revenge game. It's prime time to make a run, and it's prime time to send BSM home. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the Eagles on this one. I, it's going to be a close one, though. It could be a toss-up. It could go either way. Um, but I just, given the history between these two teams, oh, my God, <laughs> this is bad. But I, I like EP on this one. JP. Is this all from the game against Simley? Yeah. That practice. A little bit of both. I know you coach at a military academy, but holy smokes. Yeah. Section uh, final, you know. Yeah. A lot of pollen, too. Yeah. Play around the pollen. We just, we just had a conversation about, like, improving the audio of our podcast. <laughs> and then JP comes storming in here with his, with his voice. And I, it's, I, it sounds like it hurts. I know it probably, maybe it does. It doesn't, I don't know, but like, it just sounds like you're in pain, man. So I, but he's going to EP. I I really, I really uh, have strong feelings about Eden Prairie right now because they're making a run. Um, They've won some big games. Uh, They, everybody thought they sucked this year. Honestly, like everybody's like, Oh, EP, they're done. And sure enough, uh, they have a bus booked from Eden Prairie High School to Stillwater High School for the state tournament um, because that's uh, that's just the EP girls. They're just a legendary program. But I'm going to stick with the Benilla girls. I've been with them the whole year. Um, this is going to be a tough one. Drink your Gatorade before the game. Be ready to go. Uh, but I'm not going to jump off the wagon now. I'm, I'm taking the Red Knights. Uh, and hopefully they don't have to, they don't have to have any extra lacrosse in this one. Um, cause they got, if they do win, they got to play the next day. Um, uh, so, um, uh, I'm going red Knights. And the last quarterfinal matchup Andover <clears throat> versus prior Lake, both teams, great records. Uh, prior Lake is prior Lake Andover, uh, good sports school, a uh, bunch of gritty players. They go on runs. Uh, you know, girls hockey program's great. Now they're looking for a lacrosse tournament, uh, you know, run here for the girls program. Uh, obviously, get my pick out of the way. Prior Lake, Wagon, 36 bias, all the above. Give it to me. You're on mute. Nice, nice dude. <laughs> I'm basically naturally on mute anyway, but Prior Lake, you know why. I'm going to step there. I, um, this is a tough draw for prior. Like I talked to PMAC a little bit about this off the air Andover is not a team. I would want to have anything to do with. Uh, I think they're tough. I think they're gritty. I think they're a good team. Uh, I think they have a, 
chip on their shoulder, as we say, um, you know, and this is the one team in the tournament. That's like a kind of the newcomer. I don't know if they're, maybe they've been there before, but one of the unseated teams that I feel wanted prior Lake. Don't you, don't you feel that a little bit like Andover's like the type of team that's like, I hope we get the one, you know, just give it to uh, us early. Yeah. Like they just, they want, they want to have that opportunity because you know, the talk with up there is they don't play anybody and they, you know, they can't schedule out a conference and blah, blah, blah. Right. So I think they're looking forward to this opportunity. However, I am going to take prior Lake. Uh, they're playing so well right now. And, um, they just have, they just have so many weapons and I I've had been fortunate enough to be able to watch a couple of their games now because, you know, we've, I've gone to do the streaming. So with, for the boys and the girls have played first, so I can get to catch the second half. Um, and they're just, they're just a, a great squad. And I, I think this could be close for some of the way, but I think prior Lake will take care of business. I think the depth is just too much. I would agree. Um, and then to kind of round out our picks, you know, for the bracket, um, I'm going to take on the, on the top side of the bracket, I'm going to take uh, Lakeville South uh, to make it to the state championship game. I agree. Well, okay. I'm taking Maple Grove. Love it. Love that pick. Down the alley has been all over upsets. So, yeah. Um, so I like that. I like that pick. I almost, I almost, I almost took Rosemount. I almost took him. I just think Lakeville South's goal, goalie is just, just going to be the difference. I think it's just going to be the difference. A couple of goals um over rosemount but maple grove you're they're going on a run yeah i'm taking maple grove i like it on the other side of the bracket who do you guys have uh going and winning uh i have prior lake sorry benilled um (laughs) i just i can't i can't go against prior lake now from what i've seen Yes, there's bias there, but I actually these are this is one team I've actually watched a little bit recently, um, and I, I'm going prior. I'm going prior Lake Maple Grove final prior Lake to win and defend their championship. Yeah, I'm going to take prior Lake over EP, um, and I got prior Lake going all the way on this one. Um, we talked about it. They beat Dinah. That probably was the best the matchup of the best two teams in the state. They already got the job done. I'm not saying it's all set in stone, but, you know, they've proven that they can beat the best team in the state. So now is their chance to really, you know, go out there and do it. You know, I hate even risking – I hate risking the 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 potential jinx uh, for this type of game. I, I'm ter- I'm terrified of the jinx. How how could you not be scared of a jinx? It's a jinx. It's a jinx. You made it. <laughs> I didn't make it. We it it just happens. It, you it, let it come to it's, reality. It's nature. It's you, how, you can't fight nature. When nature wants to flood, 
in flux. And take Lakeville South to win it. No, I'm not taking South to win it. Do it, you won't. You love their goalie. Why would I take South to win it? That's the that's even stupider than the jinx. No, it's chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Just just give I'm just giving Prior Lake the chip. And what does it matter if you're wrong, you know? But you're afraid of the jinx. That's what's I'm I'm terrified of the jinx. So for the jinx, and I like Ted's analogy, I'm giving Prior Lake a chip. I, but I can't, I can't even say the words. I can't even, I can't, the words can't even come out of my mouth. I can't even do it. I can't even do it. Okay, picks prior Lake then. Uh, here's one thing I have to say. They, they shut down Edina in the second half of that game. I don't think they scored a goal. Maybe, maybe one early. Yeah. They were second that, half team. Second, that, second half starts. It's a, it's just a different situation. That's impressive. Um, and coming off the, their graduation too. So yeah, all the, they graduated seniors, the night before. Yeah. So they, all the seniors were at their senior party all night and you got to come back and play the number one team in a section final in 110 degree heat. And it, it, they did not limp into the state tournament. They dominated that game. Well, they dominated the second half. Edina was kind of dominating the first half. I would have to say. Well, maybe not dominating, but maybe had the edge. Um, and, and like a switch flipped. Um, not I I just if they can handle Edina like that, I just don't know. I just don't know if there's any other team that that's as good as I don't know. I, I don't I'm I probably don't know as much as I should about girls. So um yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with PL but over Maple Grove in the final, but yeah, I mean, PMAC, you have a tough decision here. I'm glad we we made you go last. I'm I'm, I'm going. I'm, I have to go PL. I'm not. I have to go PL. I'll. I'll. It's just. It, it is what it is. Hopefully, we don't lose all our viewers, and they're going to be like, oh, prior like this, prior like that, whatever. Um, it is what it is. Um, yeah, but I mean, obviously, people are you know can think what they want, but um, you know, if Prior Lake was a nine and five team, and limped in out of an easy section and we're like, they're the best team. Then that's not, then that's kind of like obvious, like stupid reporting, but look at the numbers and look who they've beat. They come from the toughest section and they dominated in the section final. So I don't really know how you can even like, I mean, yeah, we're picking the favorite, but like, yeah, hopefully somebody proves us wrong. Hopefully there's an upset, but like it hasn't really worked out that way on the girls' side. Well, I guess EP was an upset of Chan in section two, but again, technically, right? Like, like technically, like do you like if EP wins, is that an upset? Like really? Like, not that, really. Not so, really. like I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Moving on to the boys, uh starting at the top of the bracket, speaking of PL, speaking of Edina, speaking of the fake news. Um you know, I, I called Edina fake news early. I called it early and often. Um, and I'm just going to say I was right. You know, Edina hates us on Twitter. Um, so I'm just going to bury them now. They're, they were fake news. And I'm glad I was right about it. Prior Lake makes a state tournament. They got Chisago in the first round. Chisago? Yep. Chisago. Ted, you love Chisago. I do. Um, you know, they... I, I, unfortunately I haven't really seen a lot of them 
So I don't know. I know they have a couple guys, a couple guys that are studs that, you know, can, could play on any team in the state. Um, I think prior lakes, a new, a new level of team. I think that it's the, the centennial win was great in overtime. The, the Blaine win in overtime was great, but I think Centennial and Blaine are different stories than the teams they're going to see at the state tournament. I think this one can be close for a half, but I think Prior Lake will pull away at the end by a couple. Uh, but this is this is the Chisago Lakes chance to really like they're kind of their coming out party. Like this is the, them. I think they are going to be a well respected team at the end of this state tournament. Okay. So you're going PL, but in a kind of close one. I'll say a close game. Close yep. game, PL. I'm obviously going PL. JP, any thoughts? Um, I'm going to go PL, but I agree with everything Ted said. I think Sago's had, you know, a very impressive season. They put their names on the map. They've shown to the state that hey, they're legit. They can pull it out in their section. They can run a centennial. They can run anybody. I think they're going to come out of the gates hot. I think Prior Lake is going to get you know, a little knock back a little bit, you know, be surprised by this Chicago team that wants to run with them. Um, but I do think Pirate Lake takes care of business and they move on. Going to the next game, we got Chan, who's a 36 bias team, according to our followers. Um, you know, we talk about them plenty. And uh, North, who I've been down on, but Ted points out they've got they've got pieces. They have pieces of the puzzle. Are they playing better lacrosse? That's debatable. Um, I'm gonna let Ted talk about that. I don't think they are. So I'm gonna go Chan in a landslide. Um, but Ted, what do you think? So yeah, I I don't I don't think North is necessarily playing better lacrosse. Um, okay. you know, we Farmington. Again, no disrespect to them. They turned it around this year. They had a very nice season. But winning your section by beating Owatonna and Farmington is different than what Chan had to go through in Eden Prairie and Shakopee. Uh, Chan is interesting because they, again, like we've talked about this before, that they, they don't really blow teams out. I mean, yeah, a couple of, like the really weak teams they've played, they've blown out, but like they never like go into a game and, and win by seven where you're like, whoa, like they just crushed a big time opponent. They kind of, they kind of let people hang around. And I don't know if it's just, they're not, they, they just kind of stay, they're not too high, too low. They just kind of stay even keeled. They like to run their stuff. Um, but I, I was surprised I was surprised that Shakopee put up 11 on them. I was surprised. I, I, I do think Shakopee is legit, but I thought the Chan defense was better early in the year than they are now. Um, and again, they might be dealing with injuries. They might be, again, changing things up, trying new things, whatever. But there's a, this is a really interesting game because I think Chan has... I think the better offensive team, just like the six pieces, like a settled six on six offense. I think they have the better face-off guy. Although the Lakeville North face-off guy is great and going to be great. Uh, only a freshman. And I think he'll hold his own, but I think Dylan has proven to win the big one when you need the big one. 
Yep. However, again, Grant Penton and the Changlois had a fantastic year, but you got senior all American, probably going to be a finalist for Mr. Goalie, AJ Prechuk on the other side, who, you know, we, Matt Ripley talked about it, you know, having a great goalie, a senior goalie, the leader of your team, a guy we've seen play where you're like, not sure how I saved that, but you know, whatever. Um, and, and he's the, t- he's a leader on their team. He's the type of guy that the kid, like his teammates want to play in front of. Um, I, I got to give the advantage goalie advantage to Lakeville North. Although Grant has made some massive saves for Chan Hassan in all their big games this year. He's basically been the reason they've gotten the possession back to win the game or, or steal the game back. So it, it's hard for me to just be like, Oh, they have the better goalie. Cause he has played well, but I, I'm going Chan. I think uh, wow. okay. I'm going Chan. I'm going Chan. I think they just, they have too many shooters and if they have the ball and, and just, I, I think, you know, goalie can only do so much. And when I was watching their game against Shakopee, um, they were just shooting the lights out, honestly, all over the place. And Shakopee has a good goalie too. People forget. Now hear this, all you trolls. People forget. There is a lot. There are a lot of 36 kids on this Lakeville North team. Chan Acid has never been to a state tournament before. There's a lot of pressure on those shoulders. I like my 36 guys a lot. You guys all know that. I'm going to pick the seven over the two seed. First round up. Lakeville North is going through. I I, I don't disagree with your analysis at all. Um, There is a lot of pressure. First timer. Lakeville North is there every year and more. Um, You know, can't even remember the last time they didn't have this weekend booked, uh, this week booked on their calendar. So, it's an that this is a very interesting game, that's for sure. I I figured one of you two was gonna pick north. I didn't know which one. Um, but I'll move on. Going to the next side of the, the other side of the bracket, number five, St. Thomas Academy, a 36 school. You know, because of that idiot over there on the other side of the screen you're watching. Or if you're listening, you know, JP doesn't even have a voice. Uh, so I don't know how he expects his team to beat number four without a voice. Public school, Stillwater, the Ponies, my pick to go over the cadets, private school, kids who get bullied. Uh, I'd like to see you last five minutes at that school without going home crying. JP is right. Like the curriculum there, PMAC. I don't know if me and you can handle it. Um, I'm going to go STA. And, and I'm, this is because of I've, I saw Stillwater play in late May and I saw STA play in late May. Um, and what I saw from Stillwater granted, or sorry, what I saw from STA was a much better product on the field than Stillwater. Granted, Stillwater's playing Creighton, who's kind of a, I would say, an average team this year. Stillwater was playing Prior Lake, who's a top-tier team. So flip that around, the two opponents around, you may, I maybe would have had different feelings. Um, I think Stillwater's a, a, a really good team, uh, but 
I think I just think uh, STA has a couple guys that are just killers and just want to get the job done, and they are playing well right now. So I, this could be this could be a back and forth game, revenge game from earlier in the year. Um, so I'm going to take the Cadets. Let's not forget that Stillwater went to a five to four game with CDH. We put up 19 on CDH. We ran out of cannonballs and our cannon, we scored two. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're using yeah. illegal sound makers, illegal sound makers. You can't use those. They thought you were shooting cannons at them. I, I would have let up 19 goals too. What do you expect? Hey, if you're going to let us score, we're going to do what we want. All right. But I do think from trying to be as unbiased as I can be, what I have seen out of Stillwater in the last few weeks, I am not impressed by. And the team that we played them as in the first game of the year, we are not even the same. We have all of our systems in play. We were missing some coaches for that game, right? First game of the year. Boys were in the right spots. We moved guys around, right? It is – I don't even want to watch the film from that game because it's not going to be worth it to either team. Um, but I'm going to pick STA because I'm going to pick STA. And I'm not afraid for us going into Stillwater playing at home, which, by the way, a whole different issue, but I think it's ridiculous. But not going to matter. We have embraced the heat. We have embraced May lacrosse, June lacrosse, right? We're ready to go. We want our section. We're ready to go on that run. We're going to blow out Stillwater, and we're moving on to the next round. I, I don't know about blowout, but I, I love the confidence. Uh, I, I, uh, I mean, as you should. You should be. I mean, if you're the coach of the team, uh, you shouldn't be like, well, we're probably we're going to struggle on this one a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I do love the confidence. I think uh, hopefully your boys uh, respond. Um, yeah, love it. We'll be on. Boys, hold on for the boys that are listening. Just remember one thing and one thing only we are not leaving and we are never leaving. And remember that and make that true. Moving on to the last quarterfinal, uh, I was waiting to declare my allegiance to this team because I first wanted to see who they were going to be matched up against. Because if they were going to be matched up against a certain team with the mascot Lakers, I wasn't going to pledge my allegiance to this team, of course. So I was waiting uh, to see who they're going to match up with. And it, and it, it couldn't be more perfect. It couldn't be more perfect. Um, either they're going to beat them and it's going to be the greatest upset of all freaking time. And we were on this, on this team early and often in the section playoffs when no one even knew they had a lacrosse team. Okay. So you can, you can thank down the alley nation for, uh, you know, for pumping their tires early. Um, and, and if they, if they can't pull it off, then, you know, prior Lake will take care of, of this certain Scarlet night program later in the tournament and it'll all work out fine in the end, but I, I'm going to cheer. I'm going to be rooting for the underdog. I'm on hashtag Spuds Wagon, there, and uh, I, I might have to order a T-shirt now, uh, but I'm officially on this wagon. I don't think I'm going to be able to get on their bus. We were officially invited on their bus, coming down from Moorhead, um, to do some content on their bus ride down. We're running a camp in the morning, so it's going to be really hard logistically 
to run a camp, get up, get on that bus and come back. I, I don't know if I can pull that off. Uh, get a one way halfway. Up I, what up? You get a one way flight up to Fargo and then just, uh, I think get Fargo the airport, and then just get on the bus. Maybe I don't know if they're No, I mean, they're probably in the morning or something like that. More to come. If I can get on the bus, maybe halfway or something, that would be great. Get <laughs> them in St. Cloud. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But Spud's wagon, I'm taking him to beat BSM uh, in the first round. Uh, I'm, I, I love this matchup. I love this program. And uh, they're used to playing one seats, and they're used to playing them strong. I like I like the potatoes on this one. I love them. You love potatoes are probably the best vegetable out there, and they're about to be one of the best teams in the first round of this tournament. And I am more than anticipating one of the greatest upsets, I think, in the history of Minnesota State Lacrosse, and one that I think everybody who does not wear red and white will be rooting for, happy about, and cheering on the entire time. I think if Moorhead can give BSM, a hell of a game. Stillwater Area High School is going to be an absolute, like, thunderdome of, of other fans coming in, cheering on the spuds, getting them going, backing the boys up. I like the spuds going on to round two. I want to tell you guys a story. Um, 2006, I believe it was. May have been, it may have been 05, but no, it was, it was 2006. Uh the state high school hockey final was Moorhead versus Holy Angels. Moorhead, Section 8. They had the likes of Jay Vandevelde. Uh, they had another guy who went on to play big D1. They had a whole line. They had a, 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 their top line. Uh, all went on to play some big-time college, college hockey. Uh, you know, the whole town comes down to the X, right? Spud Nation, Spud Wagon, whatever you want to call it. And you got Holy Angels. Uh, their first line, Ryan Hurley, who probably could have played hockey somewhere, ended up playing lacrosse. Jay Barabal, Minnesota Gophers. Taylor Madsen, Minnesota Gophers. So three Division One athletes on their first line. Um, meet in the state final. You got private school, the halves, right? And you got Moorhead, the outer state, you know, the, the blue-collar bunch, the whole state, the XL... I was at that game. The, uh, the XL energy center had, you know, all like you have all the sections, right? You had one section of Holy angels fans. That was their student section. And where the parents were sitting, the entire XL energy center sold out Moorhead. When Holy angels scored, it, you heard like golf claps. When Moorhead scored, the horn was going off. I mean, cowbells. It was absolutely nuts. Ended up being a 6-4 Holy Angels win. So it's not always a Disney movie, right? It's not always the underdog wins. Uh, this is this is the same story that's going to happen on Tuesday. I think Moorhead's going to bring a great element to the state tournament. I hope they're back year after year and they bring the town, and they give exposure to the game up there. This is big for the growth of the game. But <laughs> I don't know if they've ever seen anything like what they're going to see from Benilde. Um, and um, I think it's going to be an eye-opener. I 
I could see Benilde winning this game by eight plus goals. So I'm taking Benilde. You're on mute. Sorry. Moving on to kind of filling out the bracket. Uh, in the top of the bracket, again, a couple of 36 schools potentially meeting up. Prior Lake Chan, that's at least who me and Ted are picking. Uh, uh, JP's got North. Uh, Ted, who do you have moving on to the state final? I have Chan Hassan beat, or, uh, playing Benilde in the final. And I have Benilde winning. JP. And I'm, I, I don't love it. I don't feel good about it. But again, honest reporting here. Um, they're, they, uh, they're playing really well, and they are loaded. Whoever wins the Chan has North game, I hope I'm right. But it's not going to matter. Prior Lake's going to win it. They're moving on to the final. I think realistically, we will see STA Benilde in that semifinal game. PMAC, I know you are just hoping and praying to break Benilde's hearts and beat him in the final. But I'm sorry, but we are going to take care of business for you. And you are going to see us in the final. And then we are going to break your heart even more. And the cadets are winning the 2021 Minnesota State Lacrosse Championship. You've heard it here for first, folks. Well, the first person ever to pick STA. Um, so jump on that wagon. Maybe some, maybe with some of the trolls will jump on the STA wagon. I think that's at least a little better than the Benilde wagon personally, but you know, Hey, everyone, everyone has their own opinion. Uh, I uh, am taking PL on my side of the, or on the top side of the bracket. Again, realistically, um, you know, if, if, if they meet up with Moorhead in the final, That'd be great, uh, but realistically, yeah, probably BSM going to be there. And uh, you know, I can't, I can't wait for just another upset. Same story, different year. PL peaking at the right time and uh, hoisting that championship trophy. No surprise from either of you, obviously. Um, you know, gotta gotta pump your your team's tires. Gotta, I mean, that's that's the name of the game. That's just another chip for Chan, though. Everybody's just not felt good about them all year, uh, despite them taking care of business. Uh, and you know, hey, even I'm like, they're gonna have a tall order in the final against Benilde. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope a team actually listens to this. And like uses it as motivation to prove us wrong. I don't know if they do. I don't, I know a few coaches listen. I don't know if players do, but I hope they do. I hope they're like, like, I hope I get an email or a DM being like, yeah, you counted us out. Moorhead. I hope Moorhead, I hope the whole wagon is like, hey, you counted us out, Ted. And we went and beat Benilde. I hope so too. I hope Spud's wagon. Uh, before they even play, I hope they're chirping you all the way up until game time. I hope they're just blowing up your Twitter because you deserve it. You deserve it. Because I, because I, I took the enemy, huh? Yeah. Bad. Hey, you know what? In life, there's bad. You need bad guys, right? Benil's a bad guy, you know? Yeah. And, and in some people's eyes, we're the bad guy. We're the jerks. You know, if you ask Edina right now, they hate yeah, us. True. 
you know, hey, back to back defending champs. I mean, nobody's going to feel sorry for the defending champs, right? Absolutely not. Um, that's, that's all I got. To answer your question, Ted, a lot of the STA guys actually do listen. They talk to me about the podcast every day. Wow. All year long, they've been like, Coach, can we get on the ep- on an episode? Coach, we want to be interviewed. I promise them if they win the state tournament, they can all come on as a collective group for a, a post-tournament interview. So, boys, lock it in. I've got approval, I'm assuming, that if we win it, y'all can come on the very next episode for a big group interview. So, if that's the motivation you need. Yeah, I know there's not a lot to play for this week. But the chance to, you know what? The chance to come on down the alley. It's like coming to the White House after you win, you know, win the World Series or the Stanley Cup, right? The the high school team, boys and girls teams that win the state tournament have the opportunity, or maybe this is just STA. I don't know. We haven't really. No, I, no I'll open it up. The coaches, players, the winning team. Whoever wants to. Talk and, again, about. and if you're anti down the alley, right? If you're anti the president, you don't want to go to the white. If you don't want to come on our podcast, more power to you. But and I, I agree. I, I guess I'm going to second it. I, I, I approve that. Yeah. I, uh, I know we talked at one point about inviting the, the coaches of the, the boys and girls championship teams just to talk about their experience, but group group interview. That could go one of two ways. Uh, we may need to maybe edit that one a little bit more. I don't know. But, um, yeah, hey, like, again, since there's not much to play for this week, I mean, at least here's the motivation to, uh, you know, to really work hard this week. I also have a disclaimer before we before we uh, leave here. Yeah. Um, I think for for some of our listeners, not all, but some, most, some, they need to look up what satire is and read about it. Uh, I'm not going to go any further, um, but you know, after the whole Twitter ordeal this last week, um, I think I think people need to understand kind of what's going on here. So you know, look up satire, understand what like satire is, um, and, and how entertainment works, uh, and uh, and you know maybe try to piece the puzzle together a little bit. Yeah. If you're going to blow, uh, blow our Twitter up about a joke that we make. Um, and on top, you don't listen to our podcast and you might not understand the joke because it's coming from something we've talked about. I'm not even going to reply to you. And I might send a gif, you know, back at you mocking you. Um, that may have happened last week. So just gonna throw that out there. All right. I think we've gone off the rails enough. We've gone an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, no, I think that was a great session. Awesome. Having an official on, uh, and it's going to be an exciting week of, of state tournament lacrosse. Yeah. Good luck to all the teams. All right. We'll uh, catch up maybe in the middle of the week. There could be a surprise episode. If not next week, maybe, maybe with the team, maybe with the coaching staff, we'll see. Yep. For sure. All right. Thanks for coming down the alley. Talk soon. Later.